0: Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast by LifeWay. We are so glad to have you here for another episode. And as always, we would love it if you would go leave us a rating and review on whatever platform you listen to the podcast. Those are super helpful to us, and they also help other listeners like you find our podcast. If you leave us an awesome one, we might even read it on the next episode.
1: Hey, I'm your host, Ben Trueblood, and I am here joined by Nathan Howard. What's up? And Katie Wiley. Hello. Hello. And our special guest that Katie is going to tell you a whole lot more about. We're super excited for today's episode.
0: Our guest today is Brock Gill, and we are super excited to welcome him. Whether he is riding a motorcycle blindfolded or escaping a labyrinth of chains, Brock is always living on the edge, and he has one clear purpose that has been evident throughout his 24 years touring over 20 countries, sharing the love of Jesus with the forgotten, broken, and hopeless. Brock's nonprofit develops and sends creative evangelists into countries around the world to share the gospel. We are so excited for you to hear stories of life change from Brock and to introduce you to his brand new Bible study for students, Don't Believe Your Eyes. Brock, thanks so much for joining us today.
1: Hey, hey, thank you for having me. Brock, I'd love to start off uh, just right here at the beginning. And if you want to tell people how they can connect with you, we like to do that at the very beginning, just so we can get that in people's minds. So social media stuff, website, what's the easiest way for people to connect and see what you're up to?
2: Yeah. I mean, on the daily, you've got that thing called Instagram that everybody (laughs) seems to be uh, enjoying lately. But uh, uh, I mean, my website, BrockGill.com. Of course, we have a lot of videos on YouTube and different things like that where people can kind of look and check out, watch some illusions, watch some
1: adventure, all kinds of things out there. Cool. So YouTube, Instagram, website, you guys go check out Brock's stuff. Uh, I can uh, speak to having seen Brock in a lot of different performing areas and man one of the things that i would say right off the top ha- personal experience as a youth pastor and you came in a few times and did stuff with us youth pastors youth leaders that are listening to this Brock is going to clearly articulate the gospel and give people an opportunity to respond every time he's with every time he's with folks that's been my personal experience And I can, I can vouch for that. And we love doing ministry with Brock for that reason. Like you're going to get an incredible show and we'll talk about some magic stuff here in a minute, but I just want to affirm that right away, that you have always been faithful to share the gospel in a clear, clear way and give people a chance to respond to that. And man, I'm really thankful that that's your heart and how you approach ministry.
2: Yeah, that's a passion for me. It has been since the beginning. And, you know, there's really no other reason that that I would get on a airplane or drive across the country. I mean, I want to share the gospel. That's the part that changed my life. That's the thing that I see other people's lives. For me, it's all about building the kingdom. And it starts with clearly sharing
1: the gospel. Yeah, I love that. Well, man, we're going to get to uh, in just a little bit talking about um, some of the unique ways that you do ministry on a regular basis around the world. We're gonna to get to your newest book and Bible study called Don't Believe Your Eyes. But I wanted to start and just ask the questions that you have probably been asked a thousand times. And so I apologize for that, but uh, I know people would probably <laughs> probably wanna know how it is that you got started in
2: magic when I became a believer, I was 15 years old and I immediately started looking for creative ways to share the gospel. It just, that was like the first thing that I began to pray for. And so I experimented with different things over the years. And when I was 22 years old, I was working at a sawmill and, you know, I felt like I'd been called to do ministry, but I was not doing it. I was just working a blue collar job. And So every day I would go and spend 10 to 12 hours with earplugs in and I was just asking God what to do. Like, how, how am I going to reach people? I'm currently working at a sawmill and, uh, you know, I just prayed for a creative way. And a friend of mine showed me a magic trick. It wasn't very good. And he wasn't really even like, he, he, he didn't even know how to do it. He just showed me something that he was kind of stumbling through. And I just thought that's pretty neat, you know, and it just, it was one of those deals that it, it just. It, it lingered in my mind. And I kept thinking as I was praying, it kept coming to mind. And I started realizing, wait a minute, God is speaking to me, he's showing me something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I began to pray for, you know, hours and hours and hours each week. And for months, this goes on. And I was like, I think God is asking me to learn how to do a magic show as weird as that sounds. So I started kind of practicing, I, you know, I got some books and things started learning sleight of hand. And after a few months, I quit my job. I was like, this is it you know, I was fasting and I, I just, I'd clearly heard God. And so as soon as I quit my job, I immediately started getting some phone calls for me to go do shows at people's churches. And they had heard that I was getting into it and they probably thought I was already doing it, even though <laughs> I'd never even done a show before. And so I was like, well, yeah, sure. I'll be there, you know? <laughs> and so on the way to the first show, this is actually an interesting story. On my way to the first show, I take my room with me and he, he, uh, he and I are driving down the road and we see a guy on the side of the road on the interstate, a 49. And I think we were South of Shreveport, Louisiana. And I see a guy juggling on the side of the interstate. And we're like, what he's mm-hmm. juggling? Like he's, he's better than us. Let's pick him up. So <laughs> we pulled over, we picked him up, threw him in the back of my pickup truck. Cause that's all we had. Then I had a two seater pickup truck. And so he was in the back and we went, drove another three hours and down to South Louisiana and did our first show and Andrew the juggler that we met on the interstate became the opener and so <laughs> that's how it started that was the first show I Andrew love it would come out he would yeah he would do some things and then introduce me and then I would go out there for the first time in front of people and do some some things and and I I would oh man I don't know what to do next Oh, let's hand it back to Andrew it was awesome
1: so we got through the first show and here we are <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool man I uh if people have been listening to the podcast for a while, they know that I am a magic interested person and I, <laughs> that I, I enjoy those kinds of things and books on the shelf here too and all that kind of stuff. But uh, so you, you went from that to now, you know, I've, I've seen what you're, what Katie read about you. I've seen it in person, the ride, the motorcycle, the, the dirt bike with the blindfold. And so you, the show has obviously progressed a long way from there. I would. Uh, what is one of your favorite things that you do, whether it be stunt based or escape based or sleight of hand based? Is there a certain thing like that that you just love to do?
2: I mean, I think sleight of hand is like my favorite to do sometimes because it's like a big payoff or something I've I've invested you know thousands and thousands of hours into to do something that is basically invisible. It's kind of a weird thing where like, I'm showing you something that I'm really not showing you. Like, Mm. that's interesting to me, but honestly, at the, probably at the end of the day, I mean, I love the stunts. I love the, like the big kind of interesting high adrenaline kind of things that bring you to the edge of your seat. I really love that. Like the, the hype, the, what am I trying to say? Like the, the energy, you know, in the room is, is really amazing. But I think if, if I had to land on like my absolute favorite thing, that is it's connecting with people and to mm. see people like laugh or kind of just like, you know, have their heart moved, like whatever I'm doing on stage, if we can get them there, like that's my big win. That's my goal is I just want to see people just speechless, you know, yeah. like astonished and just get there to where they they've forgotten everything about life. The whole world doesn't they don't care about it anymore. They're right there in the middle of the moment, you know? And so there's a few different things that get us there, and sometimes it changes. But uh, but yeah,
1: that's what I love to do,
2: man, is get people really
1: moved. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's interesting about that is knowing you uh, and some of the other things that you do in ministry. That love of connecting with people really drives some of the things that people may not know about you. Like they may know you for traveling with the Newsboys, and they may know you for the big stage shows and doing that kind of that kind of thing. But you also, man, you go to remote parts of Alaska and you, you have ministry that you've been doing for years in prisons down in South America. And that really man, is driven by your desire and love to connect with people. So I'd love for you to kind of talk about those two ministries and how that has come together for you.
2: Well, yeah. And we, we haven't talked about it probably as much as, uh, as, as I should. like I haven't really told those stories as much as I would like to. This is actually, the people listening right now, this is probably, you're going to hear this for the first time, but we're launching a new website uh, today, mm-hmm. rockgillcreative.com, And basically, we finally said, you know what, I think we're just going to start kind of, I don't know, investing more into all of the things that you just mentioned. So let, let me just, I guess, to answer your question, here, here's what we're doing. I've been going to like the Arctic Circle uh, up in Alaska, up in remote villages to the you know the natives there i've been going to prisons in different parts of the world as you mentioned spanish speaking places and and all sorts of places spend a lot of time going into prisons and looking for the 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 broken and the hopeless and the the poor uh refugee communities the you know there's there's millions of muslim refugees exiting the middle east and we have ministry that's ongoing there matter of fact um even though i'm kind of stuck in the states uh, or have in the, for the past year we're continually' work, working in uh, in Greece working with these Muslims we're you know teach English classes and we're giving out Bibles and we're you know we're starting a, a church that's happening in a like a, in a home there I mean there's ongoing ministry that we're doing um, I'll be back over there soon but uh, it, it's it's amazing I honestly don't know where to start because there's so much happening but I think that my my passion is reaching those In a very like Matthew 25, 35 kind of context, like going to those that are in prison or that are, you know, the refugees that are completely broken or the poor that's completely uh, hopeless. They have no hope for a future. We do shows down in Nicaragua in the trash dump where there's people Mm -hmm. living in the dump and everything they eat, everything they wear comes from the trash that's found in a third world country, you know those people are hopeless. And for me to go do a show and then introduce Christ to those people, they are like, that's the greatest thing in the world. And I think that again, through the lens of Matthew 25, I think Jesus goes, yes, you you did that. You did that for me. You did that me. So that's, that's what I want. I mean, I want my
1: heart to beat like the heart of Jesus. Is there any one story or two that stand out to you of a, a person that you've met in one of those places in Alaska, or like you mentioned in Nicaragua, that that when you think today about, man, I remember when we were right here doing this thing and this person was impacted.
2: Yeah. Um, I'm going to tell you one that's one of my it's, it's, there's a fresh story that I, that I like telling about, oh my goodness, where do I start? (laughs) I'm going to tell you this one. This one is, this one happened in in Ukraine, not too long ago. Like this was one of the last things I was doing as we were traveling. We were in Ukraine um, before, you know, obviously before everything kind of shut down in the world, but uh, there was a, there was a a lady there, a girl who um, we began to kind of interact with. And you could just tell like, she's, she's like, connecting here like there's there's something she's seeing kind of like the light you know mm. it's that that's something that she can't describe but it's drawing us you know uh, she wants to know more well we end up taking her out to uh to dinner and you know begin to, to her like hey what did you think about the message at the show you know uh what do you think about what i said and she said oh man i, I like it she says i'm i agree like you know all roads get to heaven and you know it's all it's all the same path, it's just different routes. And so like, we're, we're good. And I said, yeah, okay. Um, can we talk about that for some... a second? And you know, she's speaking in broken Russian and I'm speaking in my broken English. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, as I'm, but as I'm talking to her, I said, so let, can we agree on one thing? And that is that, that um, all religions are based on one thing. And that is like, you, you have to do good things to get to the next level into heaven or whatever. And she said, yes. I said, you see, that's where Christianity is so different. It's the, kind of the opposite. It's not based on the good work you do. It's based on the good work that's already been done. That's the point of Jesus on the cross. And so she was like, "Huh, hmm, that's kind of interesting. And then all of a sudden, within a few minutes, just in a moment, just she stopped and she looked at me and she goes, wait a minute, I think I believe now, help mm. me believe more. And I was like, oh my gosh, I mean, to see the light come on, on her, it, you know, specifically and. I tell you that story because it was so it's more recent and it was so like close, like within a foot away, you know, we're having that conversation, but, but I've yeah. seen the light go off in people in the prisons, like, you know, thousands of people who, you know, they're murderers. They are, you know, I've seen the, you know, the, the, what's called the El Jefe, like the King, the, the boss of the gangs. I've seen the, I've seen those guys in, in tattooed faces and, you know, all of these just, you just look at me and go, man, that's a rough dude. And then all of a sudden you can see the light go off, you know? Mm. And it's like, oh, they just got it. They just got it. And then to see them follow Christ in tears and beg for forgiveness, it's just unbelievable.
1: It's addictive. <laughs> yeah, man, it sounds uh, sounds very New Testament, what you described. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. So you have, uh, I have to believe that those stories uh, and what you've seen in those in those ministry opportunities have influenced this project that you wanted to do called Don't Believe Your Eyes about discovering the truth behind how God sees you. And in those ministry, in those ministries and the people that you meet all over the world, you must have encountered so many people who have a distorted view of themselves. And it's, no, this is how God sees you. So I'd love for you to talk about kind of the seed of this next project that you're doing in this book called Don't Believe Your Eyes and describe kind of how that came together for you.
2: Yeah, as I travel, there was one thing that I I began to realize, and it seemed to me that no matter where I was in the world, no matter who I was talking to, it seemed to me that everyone's heart was asking the same question. And Hmm. the question is, am I... Loved, mm. and you express a lot of different ways. Like in the prisons, that's that's a that's a uh, a lot of them just want to belong. They want to be accepted. You can see those guys in there. Uh, you can just really see that 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 their heart kind of coming out, that question coming out. And when I'm in, like uh, I was in the in Belize down in this place called um, Ghost Town. It's a place you they call it Ghost Town because. You walk in, you generally don't walk out. I mean, it's, the, it's the, one of the murderous places in the whole world and in this one little neighborhood. And we go in and we meet some of these guys and and you could tell, man, like they, they just want someone to accept them and to love them. And I think the heart is screaming for this ultimate love that only God can give, but it tries to fill that hole with love and acceptance and other things that people in the world can give. And you know, I've had uh, conversations with those who are all over the place when it comes to sexuality. And, you know, I had a, a, a person recently who followed followed Christ. She's transgender and God completely ble- just opened her eyes about how he sees her instead of how the world sees her. And uh, she, you know, saw herself as a, as a guy and had done all the treatments to try to turn herself into a, a man and. Then she had this encounter with Christ where she realized that Jesus saw her just who she was and was created beautifully, just like she was. And let me tell you, it just wrecked her. And so uh, me and Jenna have continued our, our relationship and she's, she's a woman now. It's a miraculous story, but she's following Christ and it's just an amazing story. But I see it exposed in lots of different ways. But the, the question is, am I loved? That's what everyone's asking. And so the point of the whole book, if I could put it into one sentence is, is answering that question, the, the heart's question and you are loved. And so that is repetitive. It's in the, it's in this book, it's in the videos, the teachings throughout the entire show part. Cause there's a lot of like magic illusion stunts throughout this whole project. And all of that has either some subtext or symbolism, or it's right on the nose it, it goes through this whole question and it leads you back to this whole idea of like, God sees you through his, his eyes. And that is 100% love, just like you are. You don't have to earn that love. He loves you just like you are. Mm. Uh, one more thing I'll add is, um, you know, where we are in a culture right now, especially young people. But I'm going to go ahead and stretch that out to even even adults who are who are uh, much more mature than that maybe we would even expect. But the the point right now is is social media is changing people uh, the way they think, the way they see themselves. And I talk about this part in the book and that is a a chapter called brand. Right now we have parents that are hiring photographers paying big money to take their young daughter or their boy and do photo shoots just simply to fill their Instagram page up with high quality photos. And they spend hours and hours, and 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 you see this too, teenagers or whoever will spend hours and hours taking the selfie and kind of getting the filter, getting it just right, and then they'll post it, and then they'll stare at the likes, waiting for it to you know climb. And um, basically, people are all becoming a brand. They are whether they know it or not, they're becoming a brand. And so my you know my response to that is, you are not a brand. You are a child of God. And when you're a brand, you're looking at it through, well, how does the world see you? it's a dangerous place to be. It's a dangerous
1: place to live. Man, in the book, you talk about myths that people believe about themselves and what are, you know, you talk to a lot of teenagers, you talk to a lot of, a lot of people in general, what would you point to that says like, you know, this is just like the question, am I loved? Is there a myth that people are buying into that kind of rises above the others that you would say, this is what teen culture right now uh, you know, to an audience of youth pastors, this is what I see in teenagers right now: is the myth that they're buying into.
2: Um, I think that that myth is uh, again with social media. This is where it's more um, obvious or more evident. But this, you can go back about ten years, around 2010, 2011, I started seeing this, and I actually actually had conversations about this, and um, it seemed like the word "enough," the word "enough," hmm. was the was the thing and people would say i'm not sexy enough i'm not good looking good looking enough i'm not strong enough i don't you know have enough followers or all of the things where it's in the in the realm of like comparison and i think that's I, i'm i'm kind of picking on social media at the moment because it's so obvious and it's so easy to kind of point out that people are looking at things going well if that person posted something and they have a lot of likes well i must not be good enough or whatever enough athletic enough or you know, pretty enough or whatever to get those kinds of responses and that kind of, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, social media response. And so I think that's the, the big myth is this idea of comparison in the word enough. And what I would say to that is you are enough. You are loved right where you are, whoever you are, you don't have to work for it. You don't have to, you don't have to hope for it. Like you are enough for God right now to love you right where you are, even on your worst day, even if you think your life is a disaster, it's broken. Even if you think you're hopeless on your worst day, Jesus still said, I love you
1: enough to die for you. And to me, that's life changing. Mm. Man, let's fast forward a year and you're sitting with a group of youth pastors, a group of, of students that have walked through, don't believe your eyes. What do you hope they say, man, Brock, this is what I experienced. This is what I took away from this.
2: After people go through this study and experience all of this, I want people to know that they are loved. And then I want that love to trigger a response that mobilizes them to share that same message with other people. You know, mm. in the last year or so, we've seen people easily kind of get triggered or maybe that's the wrong word, but they, uh, we've seen people get... Um, motivated maybe that's a kinder word motivated to go uh be an activist for whatever i mean you've seen it in the news you've seen it on the streets and it, it, it's like there was a boiling point With it made people go oh man we're gonna go and you know burn the streets down or we're gonna fly a flag or we're gonna post this on online but you know that would be like a, a physical example of, of maybe like a, a really negative thing in my in my opinion of of of, of a response but the the same type of energy i would like like I, i'm kind of angry to, like, how do people know this i want people to know that they are also loved like i want that kind of love revolution that metaphorically hits the streets and um you know physically or or being builds the kingdom, but like, to the point of like, okay, we have to do something about this. Hopefully that made that, that little, that parallel clear, but it's like, we have to do something about this. We have to get people to know that they are loved. They don't have to worry if they you know, if they've done something wrong, they don't, they don't need to worry it, uh, and think that their life is screwed up or, or if it's a, a total wreck, like, no, let's go rescue them. And like, turn all of that energy into proclamation of the gospel. And I think that's probably where our land is I'd love to see proclamation evangelists in every city and every country around the world. I think that's truly New Testament thinking right there.
1: Brock, I wanna thank you for your time and being a part of this episode. Man, thank you for the heart behind the project. Thank you for writing, Don't Believe Your Eyes. And man, again, personally, thanks for the ministry that, that we've been able to do together over the years. And I look forward to seeing how God's gonna use this Thank you. And thanks for having me. I, you know, you,
2: you know, this, I think, I think, you know, this, uh, we won't, we won't reveal the secret, but the, the book itself is a secret is, a is an illusion. Um, maybe you don't know this. I'm, I'm, I'm actually starting to second guess myself now, but <laughs> the book itself, people will discover, uh, there is an aha moment that happens pretty quickly as they uh, have it in their hands that, um, it's probably uh, something that's maybe never been done before. And I think people are really going to, really going to like it. And the goal is once people see the truth and this aha moment that I'm talking about, uh, we will also have aha moments throughout each chapter where once you see it, you can never see it wrong again.
1: Well, I don't I believe your not, eyes. Yeah. I'm excited because that, that's a great <laughs> teaser. And I have not yet had a chance to physically hold the, the book itself because okay. we're, we okay. are dispersed, working from from everywhere. So, I'm I'm super pumped. Well, to, uh... we've been keeping this secret for a long time. So, I'm
2: um, I actually hope that I was wasn't ruining it for anyone. But this secret we've been literally sitting on for over a year. And so, when people get the book in their hands and then read something, I'm not gonna. But but once they read the in the first few pages, they're 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 gonna be there's going to be a surprise. I'll put it that way. (laughs) I love it. Well,
1: go find the book. Don't believe your eyes and a Bible study from Brock Gill. And uh, you will enjoy this one. Brock does some video teaching as well as illusions and magic throughout as part of the experience. And I do want to say like, this is going to be an experience that you go through with a group of teenagers, or uh, it's not just something that you guys will sit and read. It's going to be a uh, life-changing thing for you, Brock. It was a joy to hear about the ministry that you have going on around the world. And it's always a joy to spend a little time with you. Thanks for being here today. Thanks a so lot, guys.
0: That was an awesome interview with Brock. And you can learn more about Don't Believe Your Eyes online at lifeway.com slash don't believe your eyes. This has been another episode of the Student Ministry Podcast.
1: And give way Clear.